Um, so it's for all the ladies, and give to your moms, and, and all that good stuff. So, amen. Well, this morning, we are looking at Proverbs chapter 31. Now, if any of you have read chapter 31, it is one of those chapters of Proverbs that you would say, my gosh, what is he trying to do? tell us? How, how guilty is he trying to make us feel? Well, before we begin with chapter 31 of, of Proverbs, we need to understand that this chapter is a prophecy. Now, it is written uh, during a time in which women have no rights. Okay? If you, this, is a, this is a couple thousand years ago, you know? Um, maybe 2,300 years ago, somewhere in there, 25. I didn't look up the date, but somewhere in there. So um, the author of this is um, perhaps it is King Solomon, and it is his mother who is giving him this, this outline. Now, one of the things to keep in mind is that each verse is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it is kind of an acrostic that each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, there is written a specific point, a specific uh, idea. It's something that people can remember, you know? Uh, just like, a, like we would have nursery rhymes and things like that. We find that in, in, in this day and age, people couldn't read, but they would recite, they would remember. So that's why the book of Proverbs, and they're just short statements. So they are, um, you know, just statements about living, about what life is to do, and so on. Uh, so it is either an, um, a, a directive for the relationship of finding a good woman, finding a wife, or it is instructions to <clears throat> the daughters so that they would be good women. All right? So um, this is a summary then of the, that she must be diligent and frugal, dutiful to her husband, careful um, for her family, discreet in her disclosures, and an education for her children, and above all, consecrated to God. Now, that's the whole chapter. <laughs> but there's more to it. It is uh, it has a poem, then, to be recited for each letter of the alphabet. Now, um, a couple of things um, before, you know, before we begin, you always have to have a couple of jokes, especially if it's Mother's Day, right? Yeah, you know. You know, my wife today, she made reservations for one. She did, made, she called up and made reservations for one. And I said, when, well, where am I going to eat? She says, one o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we have a long-winded preacher, so... So um, uh, the, other, the other one is uh, Adam's talking to God, and uh, God, he, Adam says, God, why did you make her so beautiful? He said, so you would love her. Well, why did you give her such long hair? Well, so you would love her. Why did, you know, he goes on and on about all the things he had made Eve to be, and God responds, because you would love her. Then he goes, God, why did you make her so stupid? And God says, so she'd love you. <laughs> so you like that, ladies? Okay, that's, that's, I gotta, gotta, gotta go with the ladies today, you know. So, 
So whenever we, whenever we look at um, Proverbs chapter 31, beginning at verse 10, um, we ha- again, we have to understand this is, in one sense, you're looking for a person who can t- contain or have all of these qualities. Well, I don't think there's one person <laughs> that can have all of these qualities. And so what, what we're looking at, and perhaps, and so the reason I'm saying this is don't feel guilty because you don't have all these qualities. Okay, this isn't like you got a hundred things here and, uh, and you got to match up to them all or you're no good. Well, in life, we look at our life, we look at who we are, and um, in relationships, we only are capable of being 75, 80% of what the other person needs. It goes both ways. And the trouble is that we start focusing on the things we don't have rather than on the things we do have. And that's why, as Christians, we need to focus on the abundance that God has given us because there are many things he has given us that we have in abundance. You know, and it's the things that we have in abundance we take for granted. So let's take into consideration, then, the things that God has given us. A good woman, a virtuous woman, is hard to find. Ladies, amen. (laughs) A virtuous woman is hard to find. Now, what that is insinuating is uh, strength, physical, sp- physical strength, gut, you know, a woman, <laughs> no. a strong woman, you know. Uh, no. It's a physical strength, but also a spiritual strength and also a character strength. So you're looking for someone who is virtuous, and it is the same word that is used for people who become, if you're looking for a judge, a judge, he needs to be virtuous. So, it's a good word. And worth far more than diamonds. Hey, ladies, you only got a diamond ring? You're worth far more than many diamonds. How <laughs> about that? Yeah. So, we're, we're, so yeah, the idea is, now, I'm, I'm, you, have to, you have to laugh with me today, because I, I, I think I've, put some really good things in here that substantiate the good qualities that we are. And there are some things in here, and I told you in Sunday school, there's one thing in here that when you hear it, you're going to say, that's my word from the Lord. Okay? All right. We haven't got there yet, but we are. All right. So, um, so I, I guess uh, you, should, you should not be satisfied with one. You should have many diamonds. So she's worth far more than diamonds, all right? Um, her husband's trust her. Her husband trusts her with, without reserve and never reasons, never has a reason to regret it. So we find our life is one that is built on trust, um, one that we are looking for the good and trying to keep all those things going. She's never spiteful. She is not vindictive, vengeful, uh, mean, nasty, hurtful. She's never spiteful. But she treats him generously all her life long. So the idea is she deals well with her hurt. <laughs> you know, there's no way that we can be never spiteful and uh, generous in everything we do our entire life without being able to deal with our hurt. And being hurt is part of life. We have things that go our way and things that don't go our way and things that we were expecting and didn't get. And we have all those things that are there and we are recognizing that we need God to help us heal our hurts. Um, This is the the word from the Lord. She shops. 
<laughs> Did you catch that lady? <laughs> I know some of you just got your word from God. It's in the Bible. Women shop. All right. So she shops around for the best yarns and uh, cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. While she's industrious, she's thrifty, she's looking for bargains, and she goes and recognizes that shopping is in her DNA. 2,300 years ago, she shops. <laughs> Ladies? Well, here's the next one. She likes a tr she's like a trading ship that sails far to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. Sounds like a garage sale to me. <laughs> or, um, let's go to the outlets. <laughs> you know any good outlets? She goes far away. I get a word from the Lord here? You know, <laughs> supposed to say, amen! <laughs> she goes far away to go shopping. All right. Uh, she's up before dawn, preparing breakfast. Can't have everything. <laughs> Can't have everything. Uh, she's preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. So she's a planner. She is a preparer. She's an organizer. Kids are their homework done, you know. So being organizing, and, and, but you think about this. This was written, yeah, 2,300 years ago to, for women that had no rights were considered property and their value could be discarded. And, and Solomon, it's his mom, is supposedly writing this. And he doesn't use his name. He uses King Lure or whatever. So uh, it could go either way. It, it could be, they don't really know. But it's thought that, uh, that Solomon, uh, his mom, his mother gave him this idea. Uh, this lady, she looks over the field and buys it. She's a realtor. She's a businesswoman. Um, <laughs> whoever heard of a businesswoman, a woman owning a business? She looks over a field and buys it. With the money she put aside, she plants a garden. She's a banker. <laughs> She's an investor. She's a farmer. You see, um, <laughs> and we can understand that not one person is a banker, an investor, and a farmer. I mean, but some can be. But we, we look at this, um, it is a step for equality. The Bible is a step for how that people are able to look at their life and see how that God is blessing it and how that, you know, it's bringing us into a place where uh, equality with men and women, you know, if this sounds like something would have been written in the 60s. <sighs> so you see, whenever we look at the idea that she looks over her field and she buys it, you know, she's a realtor, a businesswoman, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Uh, I, was, I was thinking of that in Romans chapter 8. Sometimes people get distracted by what they consider to be a disadvantage or a weakness in their lives. So Proverbs is writing to us, and the writer of the Proverbs is giving to us instructions that we do not take our weaknesses and somehow put ourselves down for them, that the Holy Spirit is with us 
so that we can build up our weaknesses, or, you know, that he would make the difference up in our weaknesses. So the list is given to get you beyond the gender barriers. <laughs> the list is given to get us beyond the barriers that we would establish, whether it be by gender or by family of origin or by income or whatever the excuse may be to try and keep us within a certain box the, the writer of the Proverbs here is trying to get us to move beyond those things that we put in place to keep us separate. So it may be a weakness in its appearance, but there's something about the personality or the looks that we would say we don't have. But you see, it's an unf- we, could, we would say that it's unfair. We would say that uh, it's a bad deal, a bad break. I got the short end of the stick. I this, I that, and you see, everything that we think of in life that feels like a disadvantage. But just because you have a disadvantage doesn't mean you're supposed to sit back and settle where you are. So women who had no rights didn't sit back and settle where they are, they came forward. So God wants to show himself strong in and through you, and he has given you his Holy Spirit to equip you in this life. So here we are, and this looks over a field and buys it. She's able to take on the responsibilities of, of these adventures, and God is there. So we stay in faith and don't get negative. <laughs> don't, get, don't get negative towards your future or towards who you are as a person. So we find that... Um, God knows why he created us and he wants us to come to our full potential. We can never arrive at our full potential by saying, I can't do that. Now, there are things that, you know, I'm not a brain surgeon. I can't do that. But there are things that I can do that are within my field and within my scope of who I am and who my personality is and that God is at work in those places. And we, whenever we come to those boundaries, we say, I can't do that. And the reasoning is, well, I never did it, but it doesn't mean I can't do it. And it doesn't mean that God can't train me or God can't lead me and God can't, that God, see, God will lead you. God will give you the strength. He will make a way where there seemingly is no way. So it's important that we allow God's plan to be, um, at work in our life. You see, the, the, the advantage is God gives us power. We have, the, we have the advantage of God. Deuteronomy 8 says, And ye shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. So women had no rights. They had no way of gaining wealth. But in Deuteronomy, he's telling us God gives us the power. You see, God wants to do something. He wants to do something great. He wants to do something individualistic. He wants to do it through you. So do you know all the places you're going to go? You finish a semester. She's hitting in, in, in. How many semesters are you through now? Through two semesters. Now, do you know what you're going to be 30 years from now? <laughs> no. But you see, God does. And the trials and the semesters that you're going through now are preparing you for 
what's going to come in your future. And you will be challenged with, I can't do that. Well, so what? <laughs> it just means you haven't done it yet. It doesn't mean you won't. I remember in speech class in college, you know, I, I sat in the back. And uh, I didn't need that. <laughs> I didn't need speech class because I was never going to be in front of people. Little did I know. <laughs> but you see, that's the whole point. It is God who gives us the power to get wealth and the wealth of our information. You see, it isn't just the wealth of finances. It's the wealth of being able to look at life, understand life, understand our circumstances, understand where we're going and where we're at at that moment because those things make a difference. That understanding that God gives me is what is going to take me through to the next, to the next situation. Wealth is simply having abundance. Okay? For it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. Wealth is having abundance. What is the abundance that you possess? What do you have in abundance? See, some people have an abundance of things. Some have abundance of knowledge. Some have abundance of skills. You see, so God and those things are wealth to you. And it is those things that he has given you as the ability to get. See, so when we're willing to be obedient to God, we find that, you know, he's telling the, the, the women here, go out and buy a field. Oh, I've never done that before. Go out and plant a garden. Oh, I've never done that before. But you see, it is God who gives you the abundance. Bob, how many tomatoes are you going to have at the end of summer? Don't know. How many plants are you going to put out? See? So I have about a dozen plants, and a dozen plants produces, you know, four, six, eight, ten tomatoes. So we, what we're doing, we're planting an abundance. This is what will happen, so I'm going to plant. <laughs> you see, you can't harvest without planting. So what we're doing is looking at what we're doing and looking what's in front of us. Notice one more thing. It says that he gives us the power to get wealth. God has given us the ability for abundance. Now, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to be as wealthy as Donald Trump. That's not what it's meaning here. That the abundance of what is, our, what is the provision that we need in our life, sometimes it's just forgiveness. Sometimes it's spiritual giftings. You see, he gives us creative ideas. He gives us the ability to see things differently. We have to sow seed in order to have a harvest. <laughs> and so that's what the things he's looking at in our life. And God is saying, first thing in the morning, what does she do? She dresses for work and rolls up her sleeves and she's eager to get started. Reminds me of that picture of World War II where the ladies are they're recruiting women to work in the factories and she's got her hair back and her plaid thing on and her sleeves rolled up and she's going to work. Because up until that point, up until the war, only men did factory work. But all the men are at war and the women came into the workforce. Hmm. That's, that's what that verse reminds me of but until that you know we but we see the limitations we see the limitations that our society put on women 
But we see the limitations that God puts on us. He doesn't put limitations. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She takes pride in her efforts. She's skilled in the crafts of home and health, of hearth, and diligent in homemaking. (laughs) No match for her. I think of my mom. There was no match for my mom in the kitchen. And there was no match for my mother in the barn. She could outwork most of our hands. Not our hands, the hired people that we had. And the inspectors who came to inspect uh, the milk house and the milking equipment and stuff, they were always amazed because it was perfect. And, And she would do that every morning. And no one could match her in the kitchen. My, my aunts and uncles and all of them, when they, came, when they came around, they always wanted to come eat at our place <laughs> because my mother was uh, the best of the cooks. So there was no match for her. But, you know, but she wasn't skilled in other things. But she was skilled and she always knew what we should and shouldn't buy. <laughs> so... She was quick, uh, the the scripture goes on, she's quick to assist anyone in need, sensitive. Women often often are sensitive, reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She's prepared for what is coming. Being able to take care of your kids, we know what happens in the summer. In the summer, we prepare for the fall, and, you know, we know what's coming, and we begin to look at it. Um, it reminds me of uh, Psalm 27. It says, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will be able to see God's goodness in my life and in my family. I will be able to see how God is at work and how that he is going to work through me. I will see the goodness of God. You see, we're changing our vocabulary. We're changing our position and our perspective of things. I will see the goodness of God. You know, things don't go our way. Things fall apart. You know, the, you know, the fish dies. The dryer quits working and the kids are missing. <laughs> Where do they go now? You know, well... We don't, we, I'm not, I'm, t- I'm kidding, you know. But um, we, it's easy for us to lose focus. We get, we get focused on what is going wrong rather than what is going right. And, you know, we have to see the wrong in order to make sure we don't go there. You know, can't see, you know, don't, don't drive through the pothole when you can't see the bottom of it because it might be a crater. So, you know, we, we learn those things. So we, we, we need to focus on, focus on the good things. So she makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and silks. <laughs> There's no stores for her to go buy things. The idea is the dresses to be made make a statement for her husband. And, and, I, and I was saying this about whenever we give thanks to God, we are making a statement to how good God is. So what we say, what we do, what we wear, you see, everything is kind of related. It isn't, we're not little islands off somewhere. We are together in this. Her husband is greatly, her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. 
meaning he sits at the gate and they discuss the council that they know that David McGee is only the husband of Rhonda. <laughs> there are certain circles that we travel in, oh, you're Rhonda's husband. I'm famous. I'm Rhonda's husband. But you see how that goes. Oh, she, des she designs her gowns and she sells them, brings the sweaters and knits them in dress shops. You see, she's very creative. <laughs> she's very creative. She takes her talents to another level. I think of that. She, she designs and she does, you know, she, she uh, designs and makes and takes them to shops for other people to buy. Well, she's taking her talents to another level. Her clothes are well-made and elegant, skilled. Her clothes reflect the position in her life. You see, uh, the dress for success, this is it. I mean, this is the first, this is the first inclination. You know, there's a book called Dress for Success, and we find that uh, uh, it, it is here that he's telling, uh, you know, the, the writer to the, uh, here at Proverbs is writing to us, Dress for Success. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The dress for success is expressing ourself that we are loved. So, you see, whenever we live our life, we're living it in the perspective that we are loved, we are cared for, we are taken care of by our Father. And we are being reflective of who He is. So, who we are, whether it's in dress or whether it's in actions, whether it's in words, we're being reflective of our Father. We're being reflective of the one who loves us. And I think this is what the, the, the psalmist is trying to get to us, psalmist. The, pro, the writer of the Proverbs is trying to get to us is that we are, they're made well. We're not sloppy people. <laughs> you know, I remember one of the restaurants, a guy was a manager and I says, Does, did you ever think of ironing your shirt? <laughs> you know, he's a manager. And I said to him, you need to iron your shirt. I, and I said, if you'd have slept in it, it wouldn't be as wrinkled as what this is. <laughs> because you left it in the dryer when it was damp. And it is as wrinkled mess as you can, and he had a tie on. I mean, what a, what a, you know, what a statement. I'm a manager, I got a tie, but look at my shirt, you know. You should have you, you slept in it. It might have pressed out some of the wrinkles. But you see, we're we reflective of what we feel and who we are. used to always iron my shirts. People would ask me, who, who does your shirts? I didn't want them to be wrinkled. And what kind of starch do I use? Heavy. <laughs> All right. Her clothes are well-made and elegant. Um, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile, meaning she has an understanding of whose she is. She belongs to God. She's not only a faithful wife, but she recognizes whose she is. She is God. He, she belongs to God. And that she trusts and she is expectant. She is believing. She is, you know, praying and understanding that, the, you know, giving praise and glory to God by the way she faces tomorrow. 
When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say. She's insightful. She has wisdom. She always says it kindly. (laughs) She keeps an eye on everyone in her household. She's not worried. Because she believes. And one of the things I think is so important is we pray for our children every day. We pray that God put a hedge about them. That's why, you know, our couple of weeks that we did with Job, the idea that we pray God's protection around our children and that, that God, nothing, anything that does come into their life, that God will protect them and God will keep them safe and that he will work through them. So we, you know, we're, we, we keep an eye on every, and the woman, the, 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 the woman here keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy <laughs> and proactive. Her children respect. Her husband joins in with their words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. God says that. Inspired. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm can be misleading. Beauty can fade. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Because in the reverential understanding of God, we have a perspective of responsibility, but not guilt. We have a perspective of love, but kind of love with discipline. We have an understanding of discipline, but yet with love. We understand the character of the children or of people because we have the insight of our Father. You know, you look just like (laughs) your Father. And that's what we are, our Heavenly Father. And that's what we want to be reflective of. Give her everything she deserves. Fest in her life with praise. Festin, I looked that up. Garland her life with praise. (laughs) Put the garland of praise around her and thank her. So, in our Sunday school lesson, uh, it, it said this. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massive corrupt culture. We use our we use our powerful God, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. And you think that the truth of God has been written here for 25, 2300 years and it talked about equality and worth and value of a woman. God set this in place a long time ago. He hasn't changed. God has great value on you. Amen? Amen. Can we go get the kids from downstairs? So whenever we think of this, think of God's virtue of who we are as an individual and of ladies, that God has a specific mission for your life and purpose, and um, he's not going to let us down. Father, we thank you that you have heard our prayers, and God, you've heard... We've heard your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit will make it real to our lives that who we are and the character we possess 
God, it is for your kingdom and your honor and your glory. So we ask your blessing upon each of the mothers and each of the women. Um, God, bless their lives. That, Lord, you are in charge and you will lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.